Welcome to The Body Nerd Show, empowering you with the super uncomplicated things you need to know about self-care and movement so that you too can wake up every day pain-free. I'm your host, Alexandra Ellis, and I'm a coach, writer, former yogi, kettlebell devotee, and 100% body nerd. So, are you ready? Let's get nerdy! Welcome back. You're listening to episode 20 of The Body Nerd Show. On today's episode, I'm going to be talking all about swelling and specifically swelling when it comes to an acute injury. So if you have just sprained an ankle or tweaked your knee or done something to elbow, wrist, shoulder, really the perimeter or peripheral joints and ligaments, this episode is a thousand percent for you. And even if that's not where you're at right now, this information and having it in your back pocket is going to save you a lot of misery down the line should that happen. I'll also talk about why rice, the idea of rest, ice, compression, elevation, is old news, what swelling actually is, and why it might not actually be a bad thing, and how I am waking up without pain three days after a seriously dramatic ankle sprain. But before we get into all of that, don't forget that show notes, fun links, and free downloads are all available over at aewellness.com slash podcast. You will find the links there to come over and follow me on Instagram. I'm at Hala for Mala. You'll find more information about Movement Mavens, our membership community that gives you the plan, the tools, and the help to get stronger, more flexible, and feel absolutely amazing every single day. Uh, latest blog posts, the Body Nerds Facebook group, that's free, and also free is a download with nine things to soothe yourself when you're in pain. All of that lives over at aewellness.com slash podcast. So let's get into it. Why the heck am I talking about swelling? Because I had the idea to talk about something else, and then this came up. And the reason is on Sunday, this is Tuesday, I'm recording, uh, by the way, Operation Pod Disrupt with the gas line (laughs) repairs that are happening on my street, which if you follow me on Instagram and you watch my stories, you know what I'm talking about. It's in full effect. I usually record in the middle of the day. It is now 6 p.m., but the crew has finally left and there is silence. And so here we are recording. So on Sunday... I sprained my ankle. And when I say sprained, I don't mean I just kind of like tweaked it and it felt kind of funky. I'm talking about the most dramatic and awful ankle sprain, honestly, I have ever experienced in my entire life. And just talking to you about that right now is giving me chills because I'm still really truly processing it on a visceral level. And I'll talk more about that. Um, But basically, I stepped off a curb and there was a divot in the asphalt and I ate ate it. (laughs) I really ate it. Um, I fell in the street. Cars were coming. Um, It was very dramatic. It was very frightening. I instantly started crying. I started getting tunnel vision. I wanted to vomit. It was literally all of the worst things possible. With all that being said, it's Tuesday. What is that? 36 hours later, and I'm walking without pain. And I attribute all of that to one thing, and it's not rice, and I'll be sharing that with you on today's episode. And the thing too is like, I'm not special. I'm not special at all. I mean, I might know a lot of stuff, but one of the reasons why I started this show was to share information in a way that was easily digestible and accessible so that you too can 
use it to your own advantage. So you too can heal yourself and you too can feel amazing every single day. Because unfortunately, like accidents happen, life happens, things happen that are beyond our control. And having tools in your toolbox to know how to deal with them might be the difference of walking two days after an ankle sprain. And to be fair, I had 10,000 steps yesterday, and I feel better today than I did yesterday. So it might be the difference between walking and being in a boot and on crutches for the next 10 days, because I've done that too. I did have an ankle sprain in college, not this ankle, the other one, um, and was on crutches for like a week. And then it didn't get any better. So I've experienced both ends of the spectrum. And I wanted to share with you today what I did to make my ankle feel so much better. And you can do it too. So the step number one is don't be scared. Really try to flip the fear and get yourself into a more positive space mentally because that's where healing is going to be able to happen. I've talked about this before, but pain honestly is like 98% in your brain and how your brain experiences it. And when I said that this experience is still being processed on a visceral level is totally true. It was terrifying to fall into the street at LAX and be in a tremendous, horrible amount of pain. It was. And I'm hoping that in sharing this story, that's going to help me process it somewhat because it's just me and my computer here. So it's not like I'm telling a whole huge room, although I'm telling you, that's cool. It was terrifying. And so I knew in that moment, once I was out of the street crying on my mom's shoulder. God bless my mother. I love her so much. My husband was there. My dad was there. Um, you know, so I was able to get all my bags together and I literally just stood there with my eyes closed, holding on to my mom because you have one of two choices. You can be freaked out when something like this happens and be worried about, oh my gosh, like it's never going to be better. This is going to be forever. I'm leaving for wonder less than two weeks. Is it going to be better? How am I going to do what I need to do? Or I could work consciously to get myself to a place of, I don't even want to say relaxation, but just more calm, grounded energy. And so I worked on my breathing and I worked on getting really centered into my body and not focusing on how my ankle felt, but what my body felt like. I worked on my plan for what I was going to do when I got home because we were still about 90 minutes away from actually being home. And I just ran through a bunch of scenarios, but also just really worked on knowing the truth, which was that I know enough and you also know enough to help yourself, uh, to be able to help myself through that experience and that this was not a permanent thing. And that's true about anything. Like nothing that happens to our body is necessarily a permanent thing unless you get, you know, a piercing or a tattoo. There's always room for growth and improvement and change no matter what has happened. So I really had to work hard to get myself to that place. When we were finally able to get on our shuttle bus, I put on my headphones and put on uh, noise canceling of a dishwasher sound. It's really calming for me and I know that's weird. (laughs) 
but it works. So what can I say? So I just, again, listen to the whoosh, whoosh, whoosh of the dishwasher um, and continue to breathe deeply and get myself calm and grounded. And before this happened, we were talking about going to In-N-Out and getting burgers and I was starving. And when you are in that fight or flight nervous system, like that doesn't happen, right? You're not hungry anymore. You're just trying to get by. And so by the time we got off the bus, I was happy to be hungry again. And I, I, like I said, I had my game plan. I knew what I wanted to do. And the truth is my plan is never perfect. I don't know without or with 100% certainty, like what will work and what won't work. But I knew that I wanted to try one of two things. And those two things were doing some compression, um, high tension compression for short duration with the voodoo floss and ice. And I wasn't sure what would feel better, but I knew that those two things were most important to address the swelling right away. And we'll talk about swelling too. Because the swelling is part of the issue. I know, and now you know too, that swelling is what is going to impact range of motion. It's what's going to create the most pain right away. And so if I could manage a swelling with either compression with the voodoo floss or ice, then I would be well on my way. And so I did that. I did voodoo flossing and I'll I'll link to my favorite voodoo floss in the show notes. So if you want to go grab one of those, you can grab it too. And uh, it it was gradual. So about two minutes started with maybe 25% tension because that was all that I could tolerate. And every time I did it, I got a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. The voodoo floss helps with that tension to kind of squish out any extra fluid that has accumulated in the joint. And it also helps to quiet the pain receptors. It's almost like if, um, or it's the same principle, really. I'm thinking that when you, you know, wear clothes and you're not really totally aware of what clothes feel like, but if you have a ring on for the first time on a different finger, how you're hyper aware of it. So part of that overload of the nervous system, just like, the whole joint getting squish, squish, squish as tight as possible helps to get you out of that pain receptor dominance and help to squeeze some of the swelling out. And to be honest, I wasn't scared because I knew what I was going to do. I knew that I had a plan and I knew that if that plan didn't work, like there was a whole contingency plan in my head. If this doesn't work, I'll do this and I'll do that and I'll do this. So interesting enough and really what I thought to be most interesting for myself in the situation is that the voodoo floss and the compression was the most effective for me. I did ice like I said on Sunday night and it actually hurt more after I iced because the joint was stiffer. And so what I've been doing over the last two and a half days is wrapping my ankle as tightly as I can tolerate for five, six, seven times in a row, about two minutes per you know session, moving my foot around. Yesterday, I wasn't able to bear weight. Today, I'm totally able to bear weight. I'm walking around with like zero pain. Honestly, if it was a 10 when it happened, I'm probably at like a two now with the occasional spikes of like six or seven if I do a specific movement. So I'm not doing those movements. Um, But the important thing is the more you can move without pain, the faster you will be able to heal. 
So before we dive into what rice is and why I don't think it works, let's talk a little bit about what swelling actually is. Because swelling in itself isn't a bad thing. It's a totally normal and natural response triggered by damage to your tissue. It's a defense mechanism. If that joint is swollen and can't move, then you can't injure it any further. If it's a case of, uh, you know, like a cut to your skin, let's say you, uh, you know, ran into a fence and got a big abrasion, that swelling also helps to isolate the issue, remove any damaged tissue that might be there, allow the body to begin to heal, but also isolate what's going on just to that area. The four signs of swelling are redness, heat, swelling, and pain. And interestingly enough, these were described all the way back in the first century um, by a Roman medical writer. So humans haven't changed, but sort of how we have addressed it has sort of changed. So the redness and heat happen because of increased blood flow to the area. The blood vessels dilate and they actually become more permeable so more substances can pass through. So things like clotting factors, which will also help to prevent the spread of anything through the body, which is really important if you've had like a cut or something to your your skin. It also, that permeability helps to bring in antibodies to fight any infection that might be there and also bring in more white blood cells to the area. And the white blood cells will eat up any damaged cells to keep the area clean and ready to rebuild. So that redness and heat is a good thing. Where we run into issues is when it lasts for a long time, which is why I've been working on moving it through because that swelling that happens, so that's the third sign of inflammation, the swelling is from an increase in fluid. And all that extra fluid underneath your skin doesn't really have anywhere to go. And so that compression and that extra pressure, uh, it begins to put pressure onto your pain signals and your pain nerve endings. And so that's part of what pain is caused by um, is not only that extra pressure, but also the chemicals that are released in the area anyway. So it's like a one-two whammy. Again, remember, it's all a defense mechanism. Your body is saying, hey, something happened. I want to isolate the injury as quickly as possible. And so that happens. But the loss of function and range of motion comes about from all of these. And all of this is to be said that this is setting the stage for healing and repair to happen. So it's not bad. The problem is when a joint swells and swells and swells and swells, and then it just sits there because all of those cells that are coming through and breaking stuff down are still breaking stuff down. And you can see, um, you know, if you just Google fibrosis, you can see images of tissues that have had swelling in them for too long, they're not able to repair all the way because they're constantly breaking down. So it's almost like there needs to be a balance between building and breaking down and your body constantly is doing that. But in the situation where inflammation is present, that breaking down sometimes happens at a faster rate and especially right after an acute injury. And so helping to get the swelling out helps to bring balance back to the area. You're signaling to your body that, yes, something happened here, but now we're ready to rebuild. Everything is okay. 
So part of that healing repair is that new blood vessels come in to help establish better blood circulation in the healing area, especially if things got damaged from the injury. Fibroblasts come in. So if you remember the fascia episode, I talked about fibroblasts and those produce collagen that helps to make the tissue stronger. Also to give it almost like a matrix or framework on which to grow. So it's sort of like a lattice that you would grow um, a plant on. And eventually scar tissue does form, which is that densely packed collagen. So that's not bad. That needs to happen to help repair happen. But one thing that doing that compression and moving right away is helping is to continue the fluid flow to move through so it doesn't get stagnant. But it's also constantly giving signals to the fibroblasts as they lay down the collagen to do so in a more organized fashion. It's completely mechanical. When they get input, whether it's by massage or in this case, that compression and shear, they then organize the collagen fibers a little bit more organized. So instead of your Christmas lights in December, when you take them out and they are a hot jumbled mess, think of your Christmas lights on December 26th or maybe January 4th like me. We have a fake tree. What can I say? Uh, But when you put them in the box, right, they're so nice and organized and clean. Um, That's what we're looking for when it comes to scar tissue, because that scar tissue will then be able to play nicely with everybody else. So I'll definitely do an episode about scar tissue down the line, but just know that that mechanical motion is helping the scar tissue and its collagen fibers to be more organized. So if like me, you ever run into the experience where you just dramatically eat it in an awful, awful way, rice is old news. And compression, she's the queen. So ice, like I said, is going to increase your stiffness, which will further affect your range of motion, which will then mean that you have to walk in a compensated pattern for longer. And so honestly, getting movement happening and allowing your body to do what it was designed to do so that does include some swelling, but it also includes fluid flow, that's going to serve you better in the long run. Move as much as you can without pain. So like I said, doing that gradual voodoo wrapping where your intensity gets more and more and more every single time. Uh, Do it multiple times a day, increasing the intensity as you go, and maybe aim for 20-minute sessions. Right now, you know, I've been standing on my feet all day long. Um, I did a wrap around lunchtime and I just took the dog on a walk. So I'm going to go do wrapping a little bit more before I start cooking dinner. But just know that movement helps to maintain the fluid flow. It helps to bring groceries in uh, to the first aid workers that are helping to rebuild the tissue damage that's there. And know also that pain, while yes, it's coming from structural damage, It has so much to do with what's happening in your brain. It has so much to do with how you are perceiving the event, your thoughts about the event. So the quicker you can get your mindset on point, the quicker you can get yourself to flip the fear and be in a place of calm, grounded self-compassion, the better you're going to be. So here's asking better questions, moving more, getting nerdy, not spraining our ankles, but if we do, treating them well. And strengthening of your ankles so that it doesn't happen again. Go back and listen to the ankles episode and I talked all about that. I think I might have to go review my notes so that I too can have happy, happy ankles. 
So if you enjoyed this week's episode, do me a huge favor and hit that subscribe button and then you'll never miss an episode again. And you can even head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. It helps other body nerds to find the show. And I love reading all the awesome things you guys are saying. It honestly like is the highlight of my day. I screenshot them. I save them. It's great. So I love hearing what you think about the show. And I also want to hear your body nerd hacks, whether it's injuries you have dealt with and how you dealt with them or ways that you love to bring movement into your day. Let me know. And you can do so by leaving a quick message on the body nerd hotline at 818 818- Three nine six six five zero one, and tell me what you do on the daily to feel amazing. Don't forget to come hang out on Instagram at Hala for Mala. Tag me in your IG stories. I just posted a video today, although you won't be able to see it because it's only up for 24 hours. Um, but I put in my highlights of Ella yelling at me. So if you want to see my dog yell at me, go check out my highlights. But I love seeing body nerds being nerdy out in the world. And At the end of the day, all this is about is spreading the word that your body is cool and you too can change the unchangeable. Have a great rest of your week and I'll talk to you next week. Life without pain is possible. And if you're ready to break up with all the things that are only giving you temporary relief, I've got just the thing. Head on over to bodynerdshow.com to download a checklist with nine simple things to soothe yourself when you're in pain. It doesn't have to be complicated and it won't take you more than 15 minutes a day.